Good morning, good morning, good morning. How are you, my friend? How are you, my friend? Welcome. This is the Breakfast with Champions podcast, one of the most unique, amazing, and powerful podcasts you'll ever come across in your entire life. Listen, we bring you motivation, education, and inspiration, and ultimately give you an opportunity to get a seat at the table, to hang out with some of those that are doing the things you know you can do, that have reached some of those levels you know you can reach. What makes this podcast so unique and incredible is we have over a hundred different thought leaders that are constantly delivering amazing, over-the-top, powerful, and impactful content in bite-sized nuggets that you can absorb, take action on, and implement in your life. So with that said, make sure you filter through. There's going to be some of these thought leaders, these experts in their industries that you're ultimately gonna connect with. You're gonna totally, totally resonate. It's gonna totally be your vibe. And then there's gonna be other ones that you're gonna be like, eh, you know what? I like them, but I don't know if I love them. And that's what's great about Breakfast with Champions is we have something for everyone. So make sure you sift through, find the ones that you love, and know that they'll be coming back every single week to be able to deliver to you the motivation and education and inspiration that you need. With that said, my name is Glenn Lundy. I am your host. Super excited to connect with you. And let's kick off today's episode of Breakfast with Champions. Everyone's doing well on this Monday afternoon at four o'clock. I'm gonna, uh, I'm taking over. I'm doing a little pinch hitting today on Monday. I have a, a normal segment over on Thursdays uh, at one p.m. Uh, and for those that aren't familiar with me, I'm the one up there with the pink circle uh, behind my face. I've had a pink circle uh, behind my profile picture since I joined the app almost a year ago. Uh, and I'm a proud girl dad of three little girls. I'll actually uh, be heading out to have some dinner with them after the segment uh, this evening. But uh, you know, I am a digital futurist and full-time keynote speaker. I've had the luxury of traveling the world and speaking in 76 countries. Uh, my goal is 100 countries by the time I turn 45. So I have five years to, to jump that number from 76 to 100. And uh, I have three on my calendar for next year. So uh, hopefully that's going to happen. Uh, and I have a you know, unique background. My background, I worked in cybersecurity for the Department of Defense uh, for nine years. So nine years, uh, I live here in Washington, D.C. area. Uh, I worked out of the Pentagon for nine years, three trips to Iraq, two to Afghanistan. Uh, and real quick, you know, Rocky is uh, is a member, uh, is a military member who served for our country. I just want to, you know, uh, it is Labor Day, but I want to just give a shout out to all of the, uh, the military, military families, and especially the first responders uh, that are out there that are all protecting us. Uh, you'll tap the mic there. Uh, you know, they're, they're keeping, you know, protecting the front lines, both at home uh, and abroad. And, you know, I, was, I wasn't uh, ever active duty, but I had the honor uh, to work alongside them uh, as a government contractor. And uh, we wouldn't be able to, you know, enjoy this amazing app like this if it wasn't for them. And, and Rocky, thank you for your service uh, and all you do for, you know, our country as a veteran as well. And um, for, you know, for me, you know, in, with my background and today being, you know, Marketing Monday, you know, I mentioned that I've done a lot of live video. I, I've helped launch a lot of big brands on the live video. I, I helped launch IBM, Dell, Samsung. Uh, I did their very first Facebook Live, their very first Periscope. Uh, when Meerkat hit uh, 5 million users, uh, the, the, the most popular user on the app was Jimmy Fallon, uh, second by Gary Vaynerchuk, and then I was third. And I will tell you, if you've never heard of Meerkat, that's probably uh, why it's not really a, a flex or a name drop, because uh, the app died about one year after it was released. Um, and it's, I, I don't recommend going, uh, you know, getting your 15 minutes of fame uh, on an app that only survives a year. But I learned a couple lessons um, in that kind of uh, removing myself from a platform. And I wanted to share that on this Marketing Mo Motivational Monday and really connect the dots uh, into some of the themes that we've heard today, um, even starting at, at you know the, the, this morning, uh, you know I was in when uh, Glenn was sharing, and then I got to hear uh, a lot of what Brad had to share about you know gratitude and understanding kind of the role that we show up and how things fit in. And you know we hear a lot of buzzwords here on Clubhouse. Things are I won't even say, let's not say buzzwords. We hear a lot of things that people assume uh, become buzzwords, and especially in marketing, we hear things like uh, authenticity. We hear things like transparency or vulnerability, or uh, we, we hear be yourself. And you know, oftentimes when we hear those things, they, the, the notion is 100% on point. 
but actually implementing it is a lot damn harder than we actually probably realize in those moments. I mean, I don't know about you guys, but every time someone's like, be yourself, I'm like, you know what? Yeah, I should. I just got to show up as myself. Like, how hard is that? Yet for many of us, when we are going to do anything online, post a photo or let's say do the live video that Rocky was talking about, or maybe it's even sending out your email newsletter, we oftentimes focus or think about really hard on, you know, what is the, what are people going to say? What are people going to think? And I think, you know, it's really unfortunate right now in today's world, and, and this would be my first challenge for everyone in here. You know, whenever we're posting on social or doing things in marketing, more often than not, we will have 140 likes or 200 likes on something, and we will have two people maybe that will comment that, you know, like this, they don't believe you or they, they challenge you. And we'll spend about 30 seconds celebrating the 130 likes that we got, but we'll spend 30 minutes trying to like dissect and go research those people on the, on the people that are negative. And so what I want to kind of focus this, you know, this hour on that I'm, I'm kind of taking on here is really how do we start, how do we start thinking, like changing our mindset when we're approaching marketing so that we can actually implement some of these things like vulnerability and transparency and authenticity and really show up. And, you know, my goal is, you know, I am a .com, not a .org. Um, I'm, I love being able to give back, but I use social media. I use digital uh, to grow my business. I'm not doing it for fun. I'm not doing it to go viral or vanity likes. Um, I've had the luxury and pleasure uh, now for seven years in a row to generate six figures worth of income directly off of influencer marketing. And I've been hired by brands of all sizes to, uh, as an influencer from IBM and Dell and uh, I've done Samsung, SAP, SanDisk. Uh, I've got to work with uh, some really cool brands like Hard Rock and the UFC. Uh, I've got to travel around the world on behalf of some brands and some hotels that I've worked with. And if you looked at my social following or you looked at, you know, kind of the, the you know, brand that I have across uh, my channels, there's not one channel that I have a million followers or a million subscribers. But I will tell you the value that I've been able to generate and how I end up standing out from the noise, how, how I've been able to get brands to work with me is not actually by having a massive following, rather having a following that, that not only understands me, but trusts me enough to take action based on what I say or what I'm doing or even the brands that I'm working with. And so I think when, we, when, we're, when we're kind of setting the stage for this conversation, you know, it doesn't matter what your marketing is. And, I, and I'm going to give a plug to my, my good friend, Rachel D'Alto, who uh, I don't think she's, oh, she is in the room. I see Rachel. Um, I'm actually looking right now at her book. And uh, in the book that I've been writing now for two years, uh, the third chapter that I wrote was actually, the, t the title of it was that I believe the future of marketing is relatability. And Rachel D'Alto has a book that actually comes out tomorrow, I believe, tomorrow, um, and it is called Relatable. And I was very lucky enough to get a copy of it right here in front of me right now. And I believe this book is essential. I believe it is essential to understand that the future of marketing is relatability. And I want us to think about that real quick. Think about your last purchase, or think about the last time you were researching a purchase. Did you search the you know, websites or look at ads? Did you drive down the road and look at a billboard and be like, oh, you know, I need to buy that, that product? Or maybe you were traveling to a new city. I just got back from Chicago where I got to you know, speak in front of a, a really large event. Um, and I, when I was going to Chicago, I'm not going to go to Chicago and, and wait for an ad on the airplane or in the airport to, to tell me what the best deep dish pizza is there in Chicago. I'm going to post on my Facebook, or I'm going to post it on Twitter, which is my favorite you know, social network, and I'm going to say, hey, Twitter fam, everyone who loves Chicago, let me know what place in Chicago I should eat pizza at. And I will tell you the reason that is, is because the people that are following us, the people that know us, they relate to us. They understand who we are. I can tell you when I was looking for a new vehicle a couple years ago, and, and I know there's some car people in here. You know, I, I was you know, really looking for a vehicle that, I, you know, I have three young daughters. I have an 11, a 10, and an 8-year-old. And I was very lucky that two of them were getting out of uh, their car seats, so I didn't have to have them all in car seats. But I, I was really, you know, when I was looking for a vehicle, I was like, you know what, I need to, I need to re do some research. And when I was going to research the vehicles that I was looking at, and I'm a Jeep Wrangler fan, so I was looking for Jeeps, I was like, you know what? I need to, I need to start looking at these, these four-door Jeep Wranglers and kind of understand them. And I will tell you, when I was going on a YouTube, there are some celebrities that talk about Jeeps. There's Jeep advertising on, the, on there. But what I ended up doing was finding a, a lady. Her name is Mia Voss. 
uh, and she ha happens to be a good friend of mine now. But I found Mia, and Mia understands me. She relates to me. And, I, and what I mean by she relates to me was, I don't know, for those of you that have young kids, you know, I got in my vehicle the other day, uh, and I opened my car door after not getting the vehicle for about a day and a half, and I opened it, and I went, oh, no. And I smelled something. Like, I mean, I smelled something. It was like, it was like that mix of, like, strawberry and a skunk, right? Like, if you think you can visualize that, right? Like, so I opened it, and I closed the door, and I was like, oh, please tell me it's on the outside of my vehicle. Then I open the door again, and I'm like, no, it's in my vehicle. And here's the thing. The person that I was looking for, that I'm going to trust their recommendation when I was looking at the vehicle I was going to purchase, is someone that has had that smell before. Because what I did is I opened up the back door, and I pushed forward the one car seat that I have left. And sure enough, a strawberry yogurt drink was sitting there wedged between the car seat and the back of the seat. Yep, uh, didn't have didn't have any like colors on it, but that was the smell of the moldy strawberry yogurt drink in my back seat. And so for me, when I think about when we think about marketing today, it isn't about convincing people that we we are expert, convincing them that our products are best. What it actually comes down to is our ability to relate with them, because that relatability is ultimately what connects us to the trust factor. And every person in here, no matter your industry, no matter your walk of life, no matter where you work, we are all in the same business. We are all in the business of trust. How do you build trust? How do you maintain trust? How do you scale trust? And I would argue scaling trust is the hard one. But the thing that this all comes down to, I believe, when it comes to marketing, the reason influencer marketing works, why, are, why have we heard about the power of influencer marketing? Influencer marketing is not new. It's been around since the dawn of time. The idea that we would buy something but when someone that we know actually talks about it. And the beauty of it, the key aspect of it, is our ability to be relatable. So do me a favor, go over to Amazon, type in relatable, or type in Rachel D'Alto, and hit that button and buy her book that comes out tomorrow. Because I will tell you, if you want to be a great marketer, if you want to actually take yourself to the next level, especially today in this crowded world where everybody is selling something, everyone's marketing something, yet we as consumers don't want to be marketed to, we don't want to be sold to, we need to understand our ability to be relatable. And I think this is that essential mark that many of us miss. And if you were listening to Rocky earlier about going live and you ask yourself, you know, what, what should I talk about on my live video? Like, what should I actually, like, share on live video? Here's the thing that you have to think about. What can I talk about or share that makes me more relatable with my customers? Let me say that again. Makes me more relatable with our customers. Because for, for many of us on social media, on digital, on our website, on our email newsletter, we oftentimes make it not only about us, but we think about us first, right? We, I mean, for many of us, if you're like, you know, maybe you heard about cryptocurrency right now. I'm big doing a lot of stuff in the crypto space. I have my own creator coin, uh, which I will talk about uh, near the end. For those that stick around to the end, I'm going to give you guys free coin at the end. I'm going to give you guys, uh, if you want to uh, get some free coin uh, at the end, I will uh, give you guys a little way to do that. It will be, be on me for hanging out here uh, on this Labor Day. But when I think about, you know, when you think about something like cryptocurrency or something li like that, and you're like, you know what, I'm never going to accept crypto for my business or selling my coaching services or my products online. The reason you're probably saying that is because you don't understand it or you don't want to be a part of it. But the question we have to start to ask ourselves is what if our customers are demanding that? It's oftentimes why I feel we have a struggle when it comes to communicating with people online because we hear about this all the time. Millennials and Gen Z are the most connected generations in the history of the world. They won't get off their phones. I mean, my daughters, literally all they do, uh, you know, they watch YouTube videos of kids playing with Play-Doh rather than when we were kids, we actually played with Play-Doh. We didn't watch YouTube videos of kids playing with Play-Doh, but, you know, I digress. Hey, the kids these days. But... When we think about this idea of this is the most connected generations in the world, yet you know what we follow that up with most of the time? We, these kids, they have uh, the shortest attention span in the world, and we can, never, we can never get them to buy our product or read our email newsletter. So what's the, what's the byproduct here? What's the issue we have if the most connected generations in the world, or I, and I would argue we are the, as a society we are most connected we've ever been, what is the issue that we are having 
actually being able to reach this audience. And in my opinion, it's because we have forgot the importance of being relatable. We are, we are just because we can reach the world, just because we can run advertisements and put our products or services in front of someone, doesn't mean that that someone looks at that and can actually picture themselves using the product or you solving their problems. It's why I believe everyone on here is not in competition. There is plenty of things that are out there in the world because people buy from people they like, but here's the caveat. And here's the 2021 you know, uh, added version of this, is we also buy from people we can relate to. Think about the, you know, when you're on, when we're, you know, I, I just got a Peloton about 14 days ago, and um, I couldn't figure out the Peloton cult, uh, and now 14 days in, and I'm like fully invested, I'm ready to get branded, I mean, sign me up, I, I haven't missed a day that I've been home, and it's been six years since I've worked out consistently, and I, I was a, a college athlete, I played hockey in college, and uh, there's something amazing about that Peloton uh, community, and I will tell you, I, I've, I've known about Peloton, I've seen their ads forever, I saw their their, their miss on a couple ads as well. I had lots of people talking about it. But it wasn't until people that lived a, a lifestyle like mine that understood, you know, the balance of, you know, I, I convinced myself that if I bought a gym membership, then I would go and work out. Right, Storm? Like, if I bought a gym membership, I would be paying for it, and I would go and work out. And you know what happens? I'm like, eh, it's all right. I only lost $30 this month. I mean, it's not that big of a deal. I'm not going to go. I, I think I'm great at, like, figuring out those excuses. But what happened was the more people that I connected with, my friend Jen Rose is in the audience. We have uh, Donna Bowling's in, he in here as well. Lots of all the people that I started seeing using the Peloton and being connected with it, for me, that the magic was in the people that looked like me, that understood who I was, that lived a lifestyle like me. Real hey, listeners. If you enjoy listening to Breakfast with Champions, we can bet you care about your daily routine. Do you want to know the secret to the perfect routine? It's the perfect morning. Glenn has written a free ebook called The Morning Five, five simple steps to an extraordinary morning. If you can transform your morning, you can transform your life. Head on over to themorning5.com to learn more about the five ways you can change the way you start your day. We're, we're embracing this, and now I started to figure that out. And so when we're thinking about where this all fits, and, and I'll give one more plug to Rachel before she's even more uncomfortable. Like, I really it's love so I think the timing. I know you are, Rachel. I love you. Uh, I will tell you, I, the timing of her book couldn't be more important because we are living in a time right now that it is perfect to be relatable because guess what? Relatability requires us to be human. And the reason I say that timing is perfect is because although we have lost so many of these last 24 months and, and struggled so much as a society, one of the things that we have to recognize that we've all taken away from these last 24 months is that even a CEO of a company, even the, the president of a, of a country, even you know, our boss or our neighbor, they could have their friend or their kid walk into their Zoom call. Even they could forget that they were on mute, or even worse, realize, believe, thinking they were on mute and saying something. The idea that we are all human, that this, this, this COVID, this global pandemic, it did not matter your race, your sexual orientation, it did not matter where you lived for the most part. Uh, it, it, it was really non, it was just going to attack everyone, right? It was really equalizing us all at our human condition. And so the beauty of this, and I firmly believe this, and we are seeing evidence of this already in 2021, we as a culture, we as a society, it's no longer about, you know what, transparency could really be a, a great win for us in our company and our marketing. Here's, here's, the, here's the thing. In 2021, transparency is demanded by your customers. We no longer trust a brand or a logo. If you tell me that your brand has been in business for 60 years, you know what the first thing that goes through my mind is? I bet you they are out of touch with today's consumer. Yes, I know. I, there's, a, there's a company that's been in my client for many years. It starts with an I and ends with a BM. Um, and uh, for those that might know what the company is. And for the longest time, that was their soapbox. That was their, their pitch was how many years they were in business and how long they've been there until they surveyed younger people that were asking them about this company that starts with an I and ends with a BM. And you know what people said when they started to survey where they thought of this company called IBM? The average person that they surveyed said they never heard of them until they were on Jeopardy. Yeah, 
Until Watson was on Jeopardy, a brand like IBM did not relate with a generation that was under the age of 30. And so one of the things that, that we have to look at that as we look at 2021 and beyond is I would question every aspect of your marketing, every aspect from your email newsletter to your website to the materials you have in your actual, if you have a brick and mortar store, how are you being relatable? And for me, my dad had taught me this many, many, many years ago and I didn't realize it. We owned a frozen yogurt shop in Virginia Beach, Virginia. Anybody has been to Sandbridge, Virginia? Uh, Virginia, you maybe rented a, a house down there in Virginia Beach. Uh, my family owned a frozen yogurt shop since I was 14 years old. And, and I told a little bit about this story when I was at the consortium. But the thing that I couldn't figure out was that when I moved to Virginia Beach and we, we opened this yogurt shop, my dad always had pictures of our family and pictures of us growing up in Pittsburgh and, and, and season tickets for the Steelers. And we had all this stuff on the wall. And I could never really figure out why my dad had that on the wall. And it wasn't until years later when we had an issue and Dairy Queen came in and we had to move locations that my dad pretty much kind of hit it on the head and then proved to me that he was right, which my dad always has a tendency to do, was he was like, son, it doesn't matter where our business needs to move to next. People understand who we are. They come, in, it come into our yoga shop not only for our frozen yogurt, but because they understand the, the family behind here, why we're in business, what we are all about, why we actually created this company. And I tell you what, it was about being relatable. It was about connecting the dots. Think about your favorite hole-in-the-wall restaurant. I mean, I know from, for a fact, when I grew up as a kid, we would drive by three Olive Gardens to get to an Italian restaurant that the, the chairs stuck to the floor. It kind of smelled like Italian, but kind of didn't. It kind of smelled like my grandmother's house, who was Italian, rest in peace. Um, and I would always think, what are we doing? And my dad would drive there because he understood that that person was working hard and that their money would go to the person that was running it and that he could relate to this, this small business owner. And I think this is that magic. So when we hear words like authenticity, we hear words like vulnerability and transparency, we might be asking ourselves, okay, where do I, where's the like authenticity check mark that I can make in my marketing? Or okay, where, okay, vulnerability. Maybe I mention that our company struggled in 2020 on our about page on our website. Like maybe that's where we're gonna check that box. Here's the thing. It's not about checking a box with these characteristics. It's about understanding their role in making your marketing relatable, making your marketing connect with your audience. And here's the magic of that, is that I, I would, I just, I'm just, I'm not even, I don't even need to raise a hands, I don't even need mic taps, because I'm gonna put this out there as one of the few guarantees that I will put out. I guarantee everyone right now that's listening to this right now believes the world needs to be more empathetic. I think we can all agree that the world as a whole, if we, we, we could fix anything, we could, we could start somewhere, it would be to make the world a more empathetic place. And for many of us, that is something that, it's almost like changing the world, right? It's like, I want the world to be a more empathetic place, but where do I start? Well, I don't know, I can't really fix my next door neighbor who's, you know, wants to start a fight with me, or you know, I'm worried about someone because they have a different political view, whatever that may be. And I, I believe that is usually a crutch. And I will tell you, the, the keynote program that I gave you know, in the arena last week in Chicago was titled Digital Empathy. And here's my, here's my second challenge to everyone that's out there that we're thinking about this, is empathy actually doesn't start with everyone else. It actually starts with me. It's actually why I believe the word, you know, the letter, it's E-M, right? Empathy is actually starts with me. And what I mean by that is, if we want to make the world a more empathetic place, if we believe in the power of making our marketing relatability, if we understand that we are all in the business of trust, what we first need to do, what we need to embrace, is we need to allow people in so they can be empathetic towards us. We need to allow people in so they can walk in the shoes that we've walked in. Because here's the magic with empathy. Empathy and sympathy are not the same. Empathy requires us to not just feel what someone else is feeling, but feel what they're feeling and understand why they're feeling that. What about their life? What about their business? What about the things that excite them every day have taken them to the point to feel that emotion, to, to have that, that, that piece of their life? And so when we think about being more empathetic, here is where we as brands, as businesses can start. It's by letting people in. And so this is, this is kind of like my, my little tagline on that, is that we have to, we have to give people access to us while shining the light on them. 
Let me say that again. If we want to really be relatable, we need to let people in and give them access to us while shining the light on them. And I think this is a beautiful step in 2021 for us to start doing that across our marketing, not just social media, not just on our about page, but across every aspect of our business. And we've heard lots of amazing things in Breakfast with Champions since the very beginning, since uh, Glenn started this show. And, And we've heard all kinds of success stories and people that's lives changed when they started to talk about, you know, something in their something in their you know, their life that they had to overcome. We've heard lots of examples of people finally, you know, letting their customers know that they're not perfect, and all of a sudden, their customers c- coming to bat for them. And here's that magic of that. Here's that 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 piece that all fits together, is that it isn't a one-time occurrence. This isn't a one-time thing where you be authentic or you show up vulnerable. We have to embrace an entire mindset shift in every aspect of things that we do. And I believe this actually includes something like our email newsletter. Because I know for many of us, we have email newsletters, and part of our email newsletter, part of our pitch for someone to sign up for our email newsletter is that we care about them. We want them, we want, we, we want to hear from them, we want, to be, we want them to be a part of our business, we want them to understand what we're all about. Yet on the very bottom of that email, most of our emails say, do not reply to this email. This inbox is not monitored. Right? We are living in a time where we have convinced people that we want, we want to hear from them. We care about their feedback and what they have to say. Yet on all, the correspondence that we put in their inbox, because we've been told that we need to stop playing on rented land and we need to start you know, being able to own our audience and we need to be able to get to them where in our inbox. Yet, you know, I will argue, um, not one person I've ever met has said, I wish I had more email newsletters, uh, just to put that out there. But the thing that we have to think about that is how can we change our email newsletter? How can we change the correspondence with our, with our customers so that we actually back up what we've talked about when it comes to we care about what you have to say. We want to relate with you. We want to connect with you. Because as I mentioned before, that we are all in the business of trust. And here's the magic with that trust. And, I, and we've all seen it with all kinds of brands. It takes a long time to build trust. Yet it takes a few seconds to lose trust. You can do something as simple as make a simple mistake and oftentimes jeopardize the trust that you've been working so hard to gain. And so when we think about this in our marketing, and our business, in our email newsletters, the other aspect of this that I believe needs to show up at a stronger level for all of us is truly this, just this magic, this magic of how can I now be more transparent with my audience? But I'm here to tell you transparency does not guarantee trust. And if you listen to me on Breakfast with Champions, that phrase is probably gonna be said almost every single time I'm on the microphone because I believe in the power of transparency. But we also have to remember that transparency is not mean that we are automatically trustworthy. What What transparency actually does is it gives people a window inside to decide if we are trustworthy. So I would make the argument that the only people that should be scared about being transparent online are the people that are full of crap, the people that are selling unicorns and rainbows and BS, the ones that cannot back up their brand or their services or their promises, the ones that sell online courses that never deliver because they believe if they you know, get somebody to the end and they're not satisfied, they can sell them on the next course. I digress. The magic in transparency is that those of us that are good people doing good things, providing great services or great products can win by simply being transparent. But what's holding us back in this transparency game? And I believe it comes down to one massively key factor is that for many of us, being able to be vulnerable, being able to admit we don't know something, being able to have to apologize to a customer for not being able to deliver. For many of us, we are scared of losing our authority. For many of us, we, are, we struggle with this idea that says, how can I be human? How can I be someone that, that, that admits my flaws, yet still be authoritative, still be that authority that someone is looking for, still be someone that is trusted? 
And I want you to actually think about that because that's what many of us think. Many of us are like, you know what? I can't share that online because I want people to believe I, I, I am the best person for this job. Well, I don't know about you, but I believe perfection is a fairy tale. I actually don't even like the phrase that perfection is the enemy of done because I don't believe perfection should be something we are going to a- looking to achieve. I believe excellence and our very best is something we should work towards, but I believe the, uh, the notion of perfection being something that is obtainable oftentimes prevents us from showing up along the way and being human, connecting the dots with our people. And so when we step back from this, this thing that's oftentimes holding us back in our marketing from truly being transparent and that idea of how can I still be looked at as a trusted resource or an authority or the, the best in, in brand, the magic is in People will trust you more if you're willing to admit what you don't know and b- let them know that you are human. And I, you know, Rocky mentioned live video earlier, and, I, and I've said this for a long while. I actually believe the most popular phrase that you could say on live video, here, here's, the, here's the magic, the most, the most popular phrase, the phrase that could actually generate you the most amount of business on your live video. I want everybody to think about this one. The most popular phrase that you could say is when someone asks a question, and you are unsure of the answer, this is the phrase I want you to use. I don't know. Let me say it again. When someone asks you a question and you're like, oh, I'm not, I'm not really sure what that answer that is. By simply admitting that we don't know something on something like on a live video or on our website or in reply to our customers, it actually adds validity to what we do know. Because if you believe, like me, that perfection is a fairy tale and that everyone does not know everything and no one is perfect 100% of the time, I don't believe anyone's perfect any day. I mean, here's the truth. I don't believe Mother Teresa would say that she was perfect. And if Mother Teresa doesn't believe that she was perfect, uh, I think many of us just need to put that idea and that notion of perfection in check. And so when we think about this and we start to re-examine, let me rewind this back to this where we kind of started and, and, and connecting to Rachel's book, which did I mention it's out tomorrow and you guys should go check it out. I'm not getting paid for this. I'm just a fan of great people putting out some great information that can truly help everyone here in the room. And that magic of being relatable, that idea that I believe relatability is the future of marketing, requires us to shift our mindset to embrace all of these factors. I mentioned the idea of trust. I talked a little bit about transparency, and now I want to step into that other word, and, and this word for me is a big one because it's one that I refuse, refuse to allow to become a buzzword, and I want everyone in here to not, not caveat this with a buzzword anymore because we, we as marketers, we as business leaders, we can decide what becomes a buzzword, and I do not believe the word authenticity should ever become a buzzword. It should be something that we demand. It should be something that we own. It should be something that we are willing to live and breathe and support people that are authentic. Because here's the other parza of this, is that too many times in our business and in our life, we believe in the power of authenticity. We understand that we want to work or buy from someone that is truly authentic. Yet in many cases, we default and are working with people that aren't. And I think this is a, a, a move that we together can make. And part of this idea of authenticity is not showing up all the time or you know, being transparent does not mean the same as oversharing. What it really means is al- allowing yourself, your whole self, your whole business, every person that is in that business to truly become the face of your brand. Because we've known this for the, since I remember my dad instilling in it when I was young. And I think it, you know, it's, a, it's a quote that goes way back into being a time that you know, this idea of you know, not only do you know, people buy from people that they trust, but we also know that your brand and your business is not great because of the products and services that you provide. Your brand and your business is great because of the people that make up that brand and business, because of the person that you are as an entrepreneur, because of the people that are working on your team as a manager inside of your company. And so when we think about this as this true factor of you know, employees and the people in your business being the, the, the reason you're successful, I believe we are missing the mark when it comes to this notion of employee advocacy. And I'm gonna tease out my, my segment on Thursday at 1 p.m. this week. Thursday at 1 p.m., I'm going to connect the dots between the future of work and this idea of employee advocacy. 
How do we focus less of our time on marketing from one department or marketing from one vehicle and more of our time empowering the great people that work alongside us or work in our business? And employee advocacy is a magic weapon for even a solopreneur or an executive or venture capitalist. And so at one o'clock Thursday, I'm gonna dive a little bit deeper into employee advocacy. I got to launch some uh, amazing employee advocacy uh, programs with some companies you might have heard of, IBM and Dell. Um, I helped deploy, manage, implement their employee advocacy uh, programs after I did it for the Department of Defense um, here in the Pentagon. And really what employee advocacy comes down to is this idea of trust. And it also connects to our ability to be relatable because one of the things that many of you are probably thinking right now is, Brian, this all sounds great, but where the hell do I find the time to make any of this happen? Like, I don't have the time to show up online everywhere. I don't have the time to talk about all these things or, or go live and press the damn button. Well, here's the magic in this, is that when you start to empower all of the people that you work with, all of the people that you collaborate with, all of the people that you partner with, it becomes a team job, not a department job. And when we think about this idea of being relatable and putting a face on your company, on your brand, it is a requirement that we are all bought in across the board. Because we've, we've, we've heard the notion that everyone in your company sells. Right? I remember being told that in college. I remember being told that by one of the, the greatest CEOs that I ever worked for, uh, for a data center company out of, uh, out of Arizona. And I will say, when, you know, if everyone in your company sells, everyone in your company also should be empowered to tell your brand story. And I will tell you, if you have a team of 10 or more and you're listening to this right now, I challenge you, send an individual e email to each one of them and ask them to reply back with the value proposition and the story of your brand. And I'm going to spoil it for you, but I want you to do it still. I'm going to guarantee eight of the 10 people that reply are going to have a different version of your story of your brand or your value proposition. We do an amazing job of working hard to make sure that we are consistent online, that we are consistent with our messaging across social media channels, that we consistently put out our email newsletter. But one of the things that we miss the mark on is consistently reiterating and working with those that are already employed with our company to tell our story, to put our things out there. Now, for those that are solopreneurs or your entrepreneur with a smaller team, that other magic of that is also working with the people that you employ. If you have a, a virtual assistant, maybe you have an online business manager, being very clear with what you do and how you do it so that if someone is talking to them and they're looking for someone that does your work, they can articulate what it is that you do to them. Because the, that magic in that still works today, and it's why the megaphone of social media, I believe, equals the playing field, is that word of mouth marketing is still magical because Word of mouth marketing boils down to that idea of relatability and our ability to actually connect the dots. Word of mouth marketing simply means I had a great product or service, I talk about it with people that trust me, and therefore they're purchasing it. But one of the things that we miss, and especially for my multi-hyphenates, so if you are multi-passionate, multi-potentialite, if you are someone that struggles to niche down, one of the reasons that, that we can't find, we struggle to find success without having a niche or a niche, whichever, I'm not arguing it, I'm not arguing GIF or JIF either, um, it, but if you are struggling, it is oftentimes because we have, we have omitted the obligation that we have to help others tell the story of our business and our brand. And so as I connect these dots, and I walked us through this idea of authenticity, we talked a lot about, you know, I did trust and transparency. I'm going to bring you home with this last one of these words that I want us to shift our mindset in. And that one is probably my favorite one at the moment, but it's one that I unfortunately believe is being misused a lot right now and misunderstood. And that's the word vulnerability. And we, we hear a lot of it here on Clubhouse, and I absolutely love that this platform is so intimate that it has allowed us to be vul more vulnerable than we have on any other social network. And let's face it, that intimacy exists because we are all sitting on our phones, we are all you know, talking into our devices, but the magic of Clubhouse and the magic of audio platforms is that when we are listening to this, when you're listening to this right now and you're trying to paint the picture of what I, where I'm at in my house or where I am as I'm telling you these stories. Or maybe you're painting the picture of what my yogurt shop looked like when I described my family frozen yogurt shop. You as the consumer, you as the listener, gets to decide what that picture looks like. It's why every time that you read a great book, 
and the movie comes out, why does the movie suck every time? For every book you've ever read, the movie comes out, you're like, nope, it sucked. It didn't suck because the movie sucked. It sucked because when you read the book, you as the, as the reader, you, as the, the, you were able to visualize what it was that mattered to you. And then when the creator took it and put it in visual form in movie, they're now telling you what that visualization is. And so vulnerability exists here on this platform because we are closer. We are someone's ear. I mean, we don't really call people today. I mean, I think my, my phone app on my iPhone, I think, is on page four. Uh, and for anyone that knows me, you, you know, knows that you, you better, you, you're easier to get a hold of me by sending me a text, maybe an email, sending me a tweet, an Instagram DM. And then if I don't get a hold of me, then maybe pick up the phone. But I say all of that because we, this platform has enabled intimacy, allowing us to be more vulnerable than we probably have been anywhere else in, in any social platform or even probably offline. But with vulnerability, we have to also understand that vulnerability isn't about sharing all of our dirty laundry or putting our problems on others. Vulnerability is connected to that word that I mentioned at the very beginning. Vulnerability is a way for us to be relatable, for us to connect with people. And it's the vulnerabilities that we have that I believe is truly what connects us with our customers, with our partners, with the people that are around us. And those vulnerabilities don't have to be trauma. You know, when we, when sometimes when we hear vulnerability, we, we immediately jump to a, a traumatic experience in our life. But vulnerability does not mean traumatic experience. What vulnerability means is something that, that, that you have been either scared of talking about or something that your entire life you've been either you know, beaten down or frustrated with. And it's something that gives you, a, you know, gives you a little bit of an unsettled feeling, but you know that it's a core aspect of who you are and what you're all about. For me, part of that is my ADHD. I, you know, I was diagnosed at, at 31 years old, uh, ADHD, and I'm now 40. I'm, so I've been uh, ADHD now for, uh, diagnosed ADHD for nine years. And that day to me was a powerful day. The day I, I, I know what, where my Jeep was parked, I know what clothes I was wearing, because when I walked into that doctor's office, I was really hoping he could figure out what was broken about me. Because although I've been very successful my entire career, I struggled through school, and even when on my you know, biggest successful days, I would have people tell me, Brian, imagine if you applied yourself how successful you would be. Or Brian, imagine if you could just become more organized. Or imagine if you could just you know, clean up as you go, Brian. Or imagine if you could just be more consistent. And I was always told this, 31 years of my life being told this, even in my most successful things, I was the youngest senior VP at a global government contracting company. They had to rewrite my job description for me. And yet, within 24 hours of that, I was caveated that, imagine, Brian, if you were not broken. And on that day I got diagnosed, it, it wasn't because of the medicine, it wasn't even really because of what the doctor advised me to, but he allowed me to recognize that I wasn't broken, I was just different. And I, I believe every person in this room, the thing, the magic that we can all embrace, the thing that we can think about the most is that being different is really what makes us all special. Being different is really the answer to how do we stand out online. It's very easy for us to try to copy what someone else is doing. It's very easy for us to listen to a podcast or a clubhouse room, write down all the notes and do exactly what they say. But if you're copying what Gary Vaynerchuk is doing or you're, you're following the exact recipe of what Glenn Lundy is doing, you become the exhaust of that person. You do not become the best version of yourself. And so when I think about that word vulnerability, when I think about us being vulnerable, what it really means is allowing people in to truly understand who we are and what we're about. ADHD impacts every single minute of my life, from the minute I wake up to the minute I attempt to go to sleep but can't shut off my brain because that's part of my ADHD. And I am not afraid to admit it. I am not scared. It is part of my intro on my bio every time I'm announced on stage. It is in my profile here on Clubhouse and every other social channel because for me, part of that is not to say I'm putting my ADHD in front of other others, but it's to give you permission to embrace the things that maybe you were afraid to put out there. Because those that are closest to you, those that care about you the most, those that would go to bat for you, those that, you know, uh, I think, Brad, when you said it this morning, right, those that will pick up the phone call and show up for you, that will that understand what you're going through without you even having to be in contact, those people know your vulnerabilities. They know who you are at your core. And when we start thinking about how do we stand out online, how do we empower us to be great, that gap for many of us 
was when we try to move what we do offline and put it online, we strip out the vulnerability. We strip out the story that has always worked at the nail salon or the networking event or on the golf course. Because for some forever reason, putting it online feels more permanent, feels more exposed. But when we start realizing that the, when we share our vulnerabilities, when we put our things out there, it actually gives us more freedom. It actually takes that pressure off. And for me, that was one of the things that really changed for me because as I put out to the world that I know I talk fast, I also tweet faster. I, I know that uh, my ADHD shows up in my life every day. And I know sometimes it can be frustrating to work with me or to, to handle me because I know the world was not designed for those of us with, uh, with a neurodiverse brain. But the magic of it was it took away the power of my haters or my trolls. It took away this need for me to hide who I was. And as soon as that started happening, the magic began because people started meeting me in the middle. My customers, my partners, my speaker agents, all of a sudden, rather than them, me trying to figure out how to work with them and, and figure out how to work around these things that exist in my life, I was able to let them in to see who I am and what I'm about and how, how the things that go on in my brain. And now I said before when I mentioned vulnerability that we have come to this, this interesting um, impasse because I, I've been to nine live events so far in the last two months uh, you know, as part of my job being a, a speaker. And, and I will say I've been a, a little worried. I've been a little scared um, because I've had some amazing speakers that I've seen on stage that are amazing with their message and unfortunately have felt a need or a draw to include vulnerability in their storytelling when it wasn't something that needed to be, be there. And I believe the vulnerability that we have, the vulnerabilities that we share, we have to also understand that when we are telling a story, we cannot allow ourselves to be too much of that story and us to make it about ourselves because the reason we're telling that story, the reason we're creating that content, the reason we're putting our messages out there, it is to connect with people, it is to relate with people. And so although I do believe the intimacy here on Clubhouse has empowered many of us to be more vulnerable than we've ever have been before, what I want us to start asking ourselves is, does me sharing this story allow the message and the mission and the impact that I want to make have a higher successful rate? Or does it allow me just to get something off my chest? Does it allow me to feel like, you know, we're going through a global pandemic and uh, I feel like people that are, are being vulnerable, are, are people are really celebrating them and coming to their defense. Vulnerability is magic. Vulnerability is that element and connects to you know, our superpower. But it is not all encompassing. It is only something that we should integrate or implement when it makes sense with the message and the mission that we're putting out there. And so as I look at this entire package of marketing and motivation today, I believe we are living in the greatest time in history. I believe we got a reset button and a semi-pause button um, that we never knew was even possible. No one on this app three years ago, if you told them the world would be paused for months and then many months after that we would still be struggling, no one would have believed that. It wasn't even something that was fathomable for any of us. Maybe some of us can say it, w it happened earlier in, uh, in history, but for so many of us it wasn't even fathomable. And with this pause, with this reset, we have two choices to make. We go back to marketing and selling and running our businesses the way we've always done it because we like to use that phrase, it always has worked. Or we realize that the world today is not like it used to be. Every aspect of our lives, our business have changed, have been impacted because what has happened to the world around us. And it's now up to us to start asking ourselves the questions we asked in the past, but answering them in a 2021 mindset. And what I mean by that is ask yourself, why don't I have more of my face on my Instagram account? Why do I not allow people to reply to my email newsletter? Now, the answer to that question previously probably made a lot of sense. And I'm not here to tell you anything that you've been doing prior to now was not something that worked. I know for many of you, you're like, Brian, I didn't need anybody to like me, and I sold hundreds of thousands and millions of dollars in 18 figures worth of work. I, hey, I, I, I'm all for that. But I firmly believe that as we are moving forward in 2021 and beyond, what we as consumers, what we as customers, what we as society, as humans are demanding is we are demanding a change. 
We are not going to trust a brand because they've always done it that way. We are going to see who can cut down that barrier, who can shrink the distance that we've created for far too long between us and our consumers. How can we reach out and make someone feel who we are as a brand, as a business? How can we focus on those that are already our customers, not always wanting more leads and more people into our funnel? And as we look at all of that, I want you to ask some of those marketing questions that you've answered in the past, but answer them honestly with your mindset today. And lastly on this, I will say part of the magic of this is you have to be willing to put your, your feet in the shoes of your consumer. And I call this think like a fan. Now, my last name is Fanzo. I'm a diehard Pittsburgh Steelers fan, Pittsburgh sports fan. I was born and raised in Pittsburgh. And, uh, you know, I'm a marketer, so think like a fan worked well. But think like a fan really means we have to look at all of our marketing and ask ourselves, if I was in the shoes of my potential buyer, would this be something that would be worth my time? And if the answer is no, we need to stop doing it. We need to understand that there are a lot of things that we've been doing and posting and sharing on all these channels. We've been doing it just because we, you know, we went to some conference and some random speaker with a backwards hat told us to do it. And what I'm going to challenge us all to do is ask all of these questions over again and then hopefully answer them in a 2021 mindset. Now, I mentioned before um, that I was going to give away some free creator coin. I know I'm in the cryptocurrency uh, NFT creator economy space. I'm going to uh, be talking about that in some future rooms here on Clubhouse. Um, but I wanted to give everybody, you know, I'm going to give everybody in here. Uh, it's a creator coin. Uh, you've, it's a free, you have to sign up for a free account. But I'm not going to, there's no email newsletter, I promise. I just kind of berated email a little bit. <laughs> um, so it's, you have to sign up for a free account. But if you just send me, if you go over to my Instagram and send me just the, just send me super powered. I want you to send me the word superpowered. Uh, that's the, you know, my coin is a superpowered coin. It's ADHD, get it? Uh, just send me the word superpowered, and I will reply with a link. And if you create an account on that link and then just send me the username, I'm going to deposit some coins uh, directly in your account. And I'm going to send everybody in here that's listening, everyone that's part of this room right now, I will, do, I will send you two coins. And right now, the, the monetary value of them is like $6.50, I believe. six fifty was what it was about an hour and a half ago. And that's just a, a way for me to hopefully help you step into a new future. Because I will tell you, crypto and digital currency, NFTs, these things are coming. But I will leave you with this, and I'll, I'll happy to take some questions for the last eight or nine minutes, um, is that... When we start to look at what we're doing as marketing, here's my advice, is that we can't chase every shiny object. And I know I just mentioned crypto and NFTs, and you're like, wait a second, Brian, weren't you just teasing us with the shiny object? Here's what I'm here to tell you. We need to focus our marketing where our audience is today, right now. We need to focus our marketing and our initiatives on where our audience is today, but we need to be listening and planning for where our audience is going to be tomorrow. And so as you look at your marketing, as you look at the things you're doing, ask yourself, how am I going to be able to, to have access to this data? How am I going to be able to empower my customers to purchase things using other types of currency like cryptocurrency, like Bitcoin or Ethereum or Doge or Cardano or any of the ones that are out there right now? What we have to think about is we have to start preparing ourselves and aligning ourselves for a way of the future. So do me a favor, just click on you know my profile, scroll to the bottom, hit my Instagram, uh, and just send me that word superpowered, um, and I will get you that link, and I'll send everybody a couple ADHD coin uh, for you know listening to me here on a Labor Day. And uh, with that, I will open up some hand raises. I'll scroll up there if you just want to untap or unmute, and I will uh, I will call on you before I hand the keys over to Brooke. Which Brooke, it's kind of fun. I get to hand them to you this time. Uh, the last couple of weeks, you've handed it to me uh, on our Thursday. So let's see who's awesome. microphones that we have. Uh, Rachel D'Alto, Mrs. I mean, Relatable. <laughs> I honestly have nothing to say except for you're amazing. And it's not just because you plugged my book 75 times in the last hour. I love you to death. But you just have such a way of delivering this content in a, a digestible but also motivating and inspiring way. And I just loved everything that you said. And uh, I know that so many people in this room listening and the people who are going to listen to it on the podcast just got such a, a wealth of knowledge so i appreciate you oh thank you rachel yeah and everyone listen to the podcast uh i'll let you, I'll, I'll let you take up uh, on the super powered offer as well just because we got to keep it within the family so if you're listening to the podcast 
if you send me uh, an IG with uh, super super powered, I'll send you that link and I'll get you some coins as well. But uh, thank you, Rachel, and I'm super excited for your book launch. Uh, I I've been I wrote one book that got stuck in legal uh, and written a second book that I haven't released. And the irony is it's called Press the Damn Button, and I haven't pressed the damn button on my own book. Uh, and so anyone that's released a book, I have the most utmost respect. So uh, excited for you for tomorrow, and and I, I got my IG post already set up and ready to go for uh, promoting your book out on my channel. So uh, thank you, Rachel, for the kind words. Uh, Rocky, do you want to jump in? Yes, I wanted to say a couple of things. So first off, fans, I love when you speak as well because you have this way of making us accountable for what we're doing and um, having us kind of reflect ourselves back to ourselves, if that makes sense. So I just love the speech. And the one thing that, you know, you brought up Rachel's books, Relatable, I already started reading it. And the one thing that I love um, when you think about authenticity is the fact that Rachel is her book. Like everything she wrote about in that book um, and how she presents herself is, in fact, relatable. So relatable, relatable, relatable. Go buy the book. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God, I'm so uncomfortable. <laughs> well, I, you know what? And, Rachel, and you know, here, here, Rocky, here's the kudos to you. I know for me and many of us, we buy books, we get books. There's not enough people to actually take the action to open them and start reading them immediately. So kudos to you, Rocky. It just another, you know, it validates your commitment to growing and investing in yourself. And uh, I'm impressed. I, I and I, I love hearing that, and I, and uh, not surprised uh, one bit. Brad, I see you on mute. You want to go to you? Absolutely, my brother. I think uh, one of your gifts, man, is I think there's different people who typically can see things in the future, but then own the identity of the other. And I think you do both. And I think it's a super skill set, man, to be forward thinking and others minded simultaneously. I don't think that's normal. I don't think that's a natural thing people walk in. I think you walk in it pretty naturally and you can articulate it, which isn't even more superpowered skill. If that's the ADH thing, then um, sweet. But I think, man, that uh, it's so good to hear an equipping talk about things that are ahead of us, or for someone like me who is in marketing, who is in branding, to constantly be pressed about a kind of others-mindedness that's not just knowing who they are and where they are and how they're outliers in their certain areas, but to think where are they now that I'm not even thinking people are in that space whatsoever? Or with the things that we currently employ, what's a simple thing that we can be doing, like engaging in email marketing? You said that so quickly, but dude, nobody does that. Like that's, I think it's just so good, man. I think it's the challenge with listening to you talk is that I'm in the middle of a work day and I got my kids and it's hard to take notes. So I'm glad I have your cell phone number. I appreciate you, brother. Appreciate you as well, Brad. Uh, love you, man. And I you know, loved your segment this morning. Uh, and you know, our thoughts go out. Uh, you know, to you know, I, I think that idea not only gratitude, but I appreciate those kind of words. And I'll say, for me, you know, I think the lesson that I learned was, you know, when I you know, throughout college I struggled. I I, I got in, you know, in high school I had a 1.2 GPA. I, I struggled at school, yet every teacher loved me. I, I struggled through college as well. And then I I got my my job, and I realized. I knew computer science, I could program, but I didn't love it. And I was great at, at management and working with executives, but I didn't want to be someone that wasn't someone that was also a practitioner. And what I decided was I need to make my own job. And what my job ended up becoming was I'm, I'm the translator, oftentimes I say the translator of geek speak, where I can understand the practitioner view, the practitioner actionable takes, while also being able to relate it to bosses and management. And no one told me that was a job because I don't believe it really was at the time. But I will say it's the reason and the, the, the thing that's kind of empowered me to kind of do what I do today. So I appreciate that, Brad. Uh, I'm going to go down more closer to the bottom. Anyone? Their mic, if they want to. Hands up? up. Yep, Solana, go ahead. Hey, this is Solana Rich. I just want to jump in here and tell you that you are fantastic, okay? When I say you break this stuff down so clear and concise, and that's the thing about being relatable, too, in, in my walk right now, reestablishing myself in midway in life, you know, just um, coming out of the gate the right way and being relatable and being intentional. Um, I have, well, my last name is Rich, so it's um, relatable, intentional, caring, and honest, you know, is the rich way. So I'm just leaning in more and more to what I'm called to regardless of myself. Like, I know your minutes are coming up, but I got um, 
I got caught in the bottom drawer of a dresser when I was like 15 months old. And I literally flatlined like for a really long time. And the doctor said all of this stuff that could be wrong with me. And, you know, I dealt with quite a bit growing up and I didn't really start talking until unbelievable until I was like 13 years old. And now I have this podcast and I have this passion on the inside of me and this online directory. And it's, it's so many moving pieces and it, it really takes intention for me to gather it all, you know, and put it all together. But it's so refreshing talking to and listening to people like you. And I just really appreciate you. Every time you share, I'm like, what is he saying? And I'm writing it down. So many blessings to you all. We all got this. We just got to we got to do it, though. I mean, it, it, it we got to do it relatably. So thank you. My pleasure, and thank you for the kind words, and, and I appreciate your story. And I think you were waiting until you were 13 to talk because you, had, you knew you were going to have so much to say as you got older, right? And you were saving those words up, so uh, I appreciate that. And thank you for joining us on Breakfast with Champions. If you want to catch the live version, you can follow us on Clubhouse and listen from 5 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time, Monday through Friday, Saturday 6 to noon, and Sundays with our 111 Sunday service. Make sure you're keeping up with Breakfast with Champions and getting yourself a seat at the table.